For this episode, we are drinking red wine because it goes with everything, like we hope your spouse will. <laughs> uh, basically, what it's like to introduce the people that you're dating to the people that you love, your friends and your family. Oh, yeah. <sighs> Hi or hello. Welcome <laughs> to the Girl Get Your Life Together podcast. On this episode, we are doing part two of our of our dating. Dating. Chat. So good it needed more. So in the first episode, we cover sort of like the shorter term dating, mm-hmm. like the apps, the get to know you phase. And today we're getting a little bit more into like longer term relationship side of dating. Yeah, this is long term people. Marriage and partnerships. Yeah. All that ish. So where do we start? Um, where do you start? Where do you start? <laughs> um, I think sort of the, for me, the big first moment of like, I'm actually like dating someone that I care about is mm-hmm. when I decide to introduce them to my friends and family. Makes sense. It's that moment where you're kind of like, you're more than just someone I can date on the side and you're someone that you want to integrate into yeah, your like life. I want to share my community with you. Yeah. Have you gotten to that point with anybody yet? Um, I've introduced a couple of people to friends, definitely no family. Mm-hmm. Um, some might've been like a little bit premature, but like, I was also excited about people. Yeah. So it was like, I wanted, I wanted my friends to know who I talked about because it's important. It's important. So like, obviously family is a separate sect. It's like, I would consider family like way more a significant serious. of an introduction, especially because my family is. A lot. My mom comes on strong, so if I'm going to, like, bring someone into her life, like, they have to be kind of, like, down to cope with. Yeah. It's like my parents, I feel like, would be like, this is the person you're marrying. This is your one and only forever. So if I was like, sup, this is this guy I met three weeks ago, they'd be like, oh, welcome to the family. I can't wait for you guys to get married. And my date would be like, I'm sorry, what? But that's also true. It is. It's valid. Yeah. 100%. Yes, that too. Because they were like, we met at 14, now we're married forever. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think meeting your friends is almost a bigger deal because if your friends don't like them, yes, it's rough. Yep. Have you had a boyfriend that your friends didn't like? I think I it's that's the shitty part about when you do break up with someone is like mm-hmm. people f- you know suddenly feel empowered to like share. Like, the, like, he was an asshole. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, cool. Why didn't you tell me that a decade ago? Um, and a lot of people said that they thought uh, my ex husband was a douchebag. Well, no comment. <laughs> but. You can't really, there's a point of no return where you can't really tell a friend that their significant other that they've chosen to be with is a douche. So if you're like, we're getting married, and I was like, he is an asshole. Right. You'd be like, I'm unfriending you in real life. As opposed to. I would. 100%. I'd get drunk and be like, haha, we all know he sucks, right? And everyone'd be like, no. And I'd be like, oh. Good thing I really like Josh. Yeah. He's a keeper. But I, I don't even remember how I brought Josh around my friends. Oh, you nope. guys were together before, you guys were together before, um, like, we were good friends, so I think you, like, I inherited you as a couple. You did. You inherited us as a couple. And I met you for the first time in your, 
I think it was Halloween in your basement apartment. Mm. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that, that you were there. That was like the best Halloween party because we have a Halloween party every year. That was probably the best one we had. And it was also like the worst time because it was like we lived in this tiny basement apartment and we had so many people show up for that one. And then we moved upstairs the next year. We had all this space and like nobody showed up. <laughs> it just goes to show that you're never prepared. Never prepared. Life. But I think I introduced Josh to my best friend by being like, we're going out for New Year's. Come meet us. And that actually didn't go super well because it was like. Why? We had already been out. Was it too much of an occasion? I think it was, but I don't think it was like that also that like we had already been out and he was meeting us after the fact and it was like, oh. Oh, oh it wasn't like you were meeting up with your best friend. Like you told Josh to come yes, out. Yes, I told That's Josh even- to like meet with us <laughs> and he was like, yeah. And he was like, I'm getting over being sick, so I'm I showing up. I would have liked to have helped you with an intervention on that Oh, idea. it was real bad. It was like one of the probably the worst experiences of our entire relationship. And I'm sorry to me. I don't want to talk about it. Okay. <laughs> it was really bad, but... He met my mom kind of early on, too, because it was, like, this, like, organic thing that happened where we were going out on a date, and we happened to be, like, walking by where my mom was out already, and she was, like, stop by and say hi. And so I asked him when we were, like, on our way to our date. I was, like, my mom's at this restaurant on the way. Do you want to swing by and say hi? And, of course, he can't say no. So we went. How long had you guys been seeing each other at that point? Mm, Two and a half weeks. (laughs) Three weeks. Too soon. It was, like, pretty early on, but it was... It was to the point where I was like, we were starting to get serious and it was kind of like developing in a way that was so like. We're getting serious at three weeks. Yeah. Don't shake your head, Joshua. Maybe it was, maybe it was like our fifth day. We saw a lot of each other in their like first couple weeks. Was this one of the scenarios of like on the third day of our first date? Who's to say? <laughs> I, I will say it was pretty early on when he met my mom, but it was a casual situation where it was like, we're swinging by to say hello to you. And then he didn't meet like my dad. I don't even remember when he met my dad, but I think it was like later, later where it was like an actual formal event. So I recently realized I've never actually had to introduce anyone to my family. And I'm feeling really anxious about when I do want to do that because my first like serious boyfriend, like I was in high school. So yeah. By de facto, they know your parents pretty freaking immediately. Yeah. And then I met they drive my, you to events. Right. And then I met my ex-husband through my mom, essentially. And yeah. so, like, there was no introduction there. And so, like, it will be very weird to bring someone, like... Brand in, new. Brand Fresh. new in. It's a weird situation. It's like you introduce people to your family. And I remember my ex-boyfriend, my dad came to visit... It's also different when you're, like, in college, because in college you're so separate. My dad came to visit, and I introduced him to my boyfriend. And my dad, like, had all these really weird questions to ask. And it was really uncomfortable, but it was also good because, like, my dad was, like, he did My dad's pretty chill. Your dad is also a police officer, so that's stressful for a whole yes. reason. And he also sat down and looked at my ex-boyfriend and goes, so Micah tells me you don't believe in God. And that was, like, a dinner conversation. And my dad doesn't Nothing give a really shit. Nothing wrong on being team atheist. No, my dad doesn't give a shit, but he was, like, just, like, fucking with us. And then it was, like, even after we broke up, my dad would be, like, I miss that guy. What happened to him? And I'm, like, well, we broke up. <laughs> like, he just doesn't go, get dad. it. Let it go, Let it go. So, like, for me, it's, like, it was never a big deal to introduce him to my parents because, like, my parents are so chill and they just didn't give a shit, so it didn't really matter. Um, it was more my friends that I was worried about because my biggest fear was that my friends would not like my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I went through that where my friends did not like my ex-boyfriend and made it very clear that they were not a fan. But 
I also appreciate your friends for doing that too. Yeah, it was good, but it was also bad because at the time we had already been dating for like two years and I didn't plan on breaking up with him. And so hearing from my friends that they hated him or they thought he was like gross or I could do better didn't really make me feel good. It wasn't like I was like, yeah, I hate him. He's being terrible. It's interesting that you heard that, but then also like didn't like reflect on that and say maybe. I chose to ignore it. But some of the times it was the people it was coming from where I was like, your life is not together, so who are you to judge? Mm-hmm. But part of it also was, like, just I just didn't want to hear it. And so I kind of mm-hmm. was like, ha-ha, yeah, moving on. What about moving on to moving in? I had never really lived with a boyfriend until Josh. And we had been dating for six months officially when we decided to move in together. It was around that time, and it was... I think because more of our age, we were like, we're ready. We can do this. And it kind of just like happened to come up with like their lease was ending. It was a good time. I was living at home. So it was more convenient for me to move in. And I kind of just went for it. Same. I don't think my move in with my ex was super intentional. No, it was like comes up. It just was like sophomore year of college. I had leased a house with a bunch of friends. They all went home for college and got sublets and then he moved into for what was supposed to be the summer to like help me essentially like keep shit together and then he just never left i think that's kind of how it goes like it has to be like an organic kind of like moment where it's not like a do you want to move in together yes i want to move in together i think when we were younger it might have been that way more but i think this i don't know anything about this (laughs) if i live somewhere else again with someone it'll definitely be like pretty intentional you think it's gonna be an actual conversation of course i guess that makes sense i mean for me it was like i'm excited to move in with you and i think why it was so easy for me to make the decision was because i had a backup plan like Mm -hmm. worst case scenario i could move back with my parents and not have a problem I don't want to move back with my parents ever. Yeah, my parents still ask me to move back home with them. So, <laughs> Josh and I, both of us, they're like, come back. Specifically. They're like, save money, live with us forever. I think, like, it's just no matter what, like, you know, relationships progress into, like, those types of grown up decisions or, like, they fizzle and, and that's that. It's um, the logical next step. Mm-hmm. When you get into more of, like, the relationship and partnership phase, what would you say are the things that, like, make a marriage work? And then I can maybe talk more about what makes <laughs> marriages fail. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's the hard part that I have is I think that there's not, like, one thing that's, like, this is the key to a successful relationship or something that's going to tank you. It's, it depends on your relationship itself. But I think primarily what I have noticed is communication. Yeah. I know that's such a cliche to be, like, communicate well. But for me, it's, like, Josh and I – No, you're not wrong. We do fight. People who are like, we never fight. I'm like, that's a problem for you because you need to have that healthy kind of outlet of being like, I am irritated with you or you're annoying or we don't see eye to eye on this. Mm -hmm. And then I think having a healthy fight though is really important. So like for us, like we fight and we're not trying to wound each other. It's not like you fucking suck and I hate you. And this is something that you've talked about to me that is a secret that I'm going to throw in your face. Mm -hmm. It's not that. It's more... Yeah, it's more like, I'm upset about this. Let's talk about it. Fix it so our next fight doesn't bring this back up. Mm-hmm. Because you're going to be stuck with this person for a long time. And there are going to be things that you bring back up multiple times. But you don't want it to be like a festering wound that you are like prodding at constantly. Yeah. 
it is tough when there are like th- things that come up thematically, like reoccurring yeah. issues, and yeah. and how do you move past those? There's not always an easier right answer, um, but I think definitely communication and um, being willing to acknowledge that it might be uncomfortable, but also have direct comms about yeah. that is like so necessary. Sometimes it's better just to get it out in the moment than it is to be like seven years later being like, remember that one time where you made that comment at Chipotle and it upset my, upset me? Like, no, it's like, just deal with it. Like one of my friends was in a relationship for a while where the guy had had a long-term affair and they broke up. This is actually in college too. So it was a different, it was a weird A long-term affair in college. Yes. Curious. And they had broken up and they got together and everyone was kind of on her case about it. And she, I remember her telling me, she's like, Micah, I dealt with what happened and I let it go and we're trying fresh. She's like, the fact that I let it go makes us able to start over as opposed to me holding on to this because if you're going to keep bringing the same shit up, you're doomed. Right. She was right. And she was 100% right. I mean, obviously it didn't work out, thankfully, for them. But, like, it was a moment where it was, like, it was a good sign of maturity to be like, we dealt with our shit, we put it out there, mm-hmm. and then we have moved on, as opposed to something that you're going to keep going over and over, and it's probably always makes me weary of cuppies, cu- cuppies, cuppies, <laughs> oh my gosh, couples who are like, we never fight, what, we never argue, what are you talking about, and I'm like, you're literally coming into a situation where somebody that was raised completely different from you, that you have different standards, different backgrounds, and you're smushing your lives together, mm-hmm. also your genitals. Primarily lives. You're going to argue. Yeah, it's inevitable. Josh and I argue about who folds socks correctly. That is, yeah. That's the reality of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like less of an argument as it more like a, ha-ha, you do this weird. But like, <laughs> I mean, that's just like the reality of life. If you're like, no, I love all this stuff. That is what makes me nervous. Yeah. It's a red flag. I think too, um... <sighs> having separate but together lives is really important. And don't be codependent. There's don't be codependent, but there's also a threshold for too much separateness and too much togetherness on both sides of the spectrum. Yeah. When I reflect on my previous relationship, I one of the things that I like loved and like, you know, would humble brag to people about is how we like had our own identities and our like own types of activities and friendships, but like in hindsight I think it was like not enough in common. And so there's, like, there's a balance there between being able to stand on your own two feet but also having um, integration into, like, your social lives. There were two times in your relationship that I, you said this to me and that I was like, I don't know how I feel about that. What were they? Um, Not to put you on blast. No, put a, go. The one time was when you guys went to, you went to Mexico as a family. Yes, that's a great example. I know exactly what you're about to say. Yes. But share it again for our listeners. Yes, and now I'm, like, blanking on it, but, um... It was like he did not want to go with you because he didn't feel comfortable in Mexico. He thought it was, like, dangerous, and you were going on, like, a hike or something. And he was like, so I stayed back, and she went with her family on this hike. And I remember looking at him being like, if you were so worried about it being dangerous, why don't you just go with her? Mm-hmm. And I remember him being like, I didn't want to do it. And I was like, oh, okay. And I saw this moment where I was like, just fucking go. Right. Or be like stay with me. I don't feel comfortable with it. And then you guys talk about it and you decide to go ultimately because you're being crazy. And I remember thinking about that and being like, that would bother me if like my it did bother me. person was like, I'm not coming. You're on your own. Mm-hmm. In front of my entire family too, I'd be like, just come with. Yeah. It, yeah. I did not love that day. Yeah. 
not to bring up sore emotions but no. i remember listening to that and this is like the first time i ever met him it's actually really easy for me to like talk about that relationship with like um love and appreciation but also mm-hmm. at this point like i feel weirdly dissociated from it so like talking about it isn't hard for me so no. what was the other one the other one was when you talked about how you guys got in a fight and it was like a screaming match and he left and he was walking out the door and he was like, you're going to regret this. And you just went, bye, Felicia. <laughs> and he stormed out. And I just remember thinking, like, if Josh ever stormed out of the house and left me and, like, did not come back right away, yeah, I would lose it. Like, I would be so upset. I did. And I was. And I, But that was also the moment where it's, like, our relationship was, like, already starting to crumble and deteriorate at that point. And that was, that was less about... Um, like something specific and more about like that's a reflection of that mm-hmm. that um we weren't well as a couple. And not to say like I'm not like trying to judge but like I have it all together. Josh and I have a perfect relationship because we do not, 100% do not. And I have also been in other relationships where it's like not great. Mm-hmm. We've had some arguments and that's why I think being with Josh was so refreshing for me because he was willing to like talk things through and be he is so level-headed that it was nice to be able to talk to me who was like not as he does I am yeah that's like very hard where um both my ex and I like fought in like pretty there were two ways we fought one it's like someone is emotionally shutting down yeah or like someone is like really coming in with like too much heat and it would luckily like one person would always sort of be responding in the other way but like someone coming in with like too much passion and then the other person just like acting like a stone cold bitch like wasn't helpful either there has fighting well is so important in a relationship because you're airing your grievances and what you're ultimately saying is something that you need that you're not getting and if and if you can't say that in a way that the other person is like hearing in the way that they need to receive it then you're making no progress it's addressing dirty laundry that kind of needs to be addressed Mm -hmm. and i remember towards the end of my relationship actually it was probably like a year and a half but it was during a rough patch in my previous relationship we had this one kind of like full out fight and we were both kind of drunk and I remember I was crying and he was yelling and I was yelling and I remember thinking in my head, my drunken mind, I was like, if I get completely naked, that will diffuse the situation. <laughs> did you take all your clothes off? I did. I got completely nude and he looked at me and he laughed and I remember, and he just continued to like get upset and I remember being like, the humiliation go- of having to get dressed again <laughs> was so rough that I was like, this is a glaring error in our relationship. Let's not reflect on the fact that maybe the glaring error was not in the relationship. And it was your interpretation. I need to take off all of my clothes. No, in my mind, I was better. like, this will be great. I was like, I'm going to get completely nude and then he can argue. But I'm also like, thinking of it like that. I'm also like crying, like actively, like tear streaked, like, uh-huh. I'm naked. Uh. And I was like, he doesn't think I'm attractive anymore. But it was like, it was such a bad moment that like when I got in this other relationship, that was something that I really wanted was like, we need to fight well. Mm-hmm. It can't be, so my other, my ex used to do as well is that like we would argue and then he would kind of just laugh everything off. So it never actually got resolved. It was like a, ha ha, we're laughing now. It's done. And I was like, no, you didn't actually fix anything that I brought up. There was a problem. So I really wanted somebody who was going to be like, Yes, we did this, we do this, we're working on that. Done, done, done. Something that I've learned that's important to me, too, is being um, pretty aligned on your values. Whether that's 
if you will or won't, you won't have kids, if you do or don't believe in God. Nudity. New, if you do or don't <laughs> take your clothes off. During arguments. <laughs> um, how you want to spend your money or how you don't. Like, having mm-hmm. philosophical agreements about, like, what I would say are, like, significant relationship things mm-hmm. is so important because if you're not on the same page about those kind of things, like, how in the hell could you possibly build a successful relationship? And it's hard to find those things out after, like, you're already married and living together and kind of, like, in a point in a relationship where you're, like, working towards those goals. To find that stuff out would be kind of damaging. So I, when they first told me they were doing this, I, like, laughed myself. But I had friends get married last year who got married in the Catholic Church and did the whole, like, Mm -hmm. multi-week pre-marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. And when she first started telling me about it, I was like, that sounds like lol but also they covered some like really critical topics to like get on the same page about and like no surprises later and so even though i i don't have a faith or a religion i will definitely want to do like some kind of pre-marriage counseling like if i ever walk down the aisle again again just like an open dialogue one of my girlfriends did that and she wasn't super religious but her husband's family was and she was like honestly it was just a great conversation starter where it was like things that we might not bring up in like everyday life that you can kind of address and kind of see like how you want to raise your kids if Mm -hmm. you're even having kids where do you want to live Mm -hmm. what would you do about these things like and I thought it was really interesting so like I took that to heart and naturally did it incorrectly on like one of my earlier dates with Josh and I went to his (laughs) bar we were drinking and I was like tell me how you feel about all of these topics yeah you're like I'm gonna quiz you now might as well whittle you out if it's not gonna work based on what you say in this (laughs) second and our fourth date like a big fight for us because it was over something super stupid like if our non-existent children did this how would you respond (laughs) and we did not like each other's answers and like we're (laughs) arguing about it like openly at this bar that's amazing. But now it's like, I look back and I'm the like... The waitress was like, uh, ooh, they're doomed. Do you want your check? And we're like, <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> and another round. Another round. But it was nice because it was like, it kind of brought up some things where I'm like, oh, well, that's a pressure point for both of us mm-hmm. for later conversations. So it's like, no matter... It's always a good topic starter. Like, just to at yeah. least bring it up. Um, I've been seeing a therapist for the last year or so and um side note i should probably get her an anniversary present um sierra. yep sierra swing everyone should go see her i tried my interest is <laughs> um, like you need help <laughs> <laughs> um but i think i've like done so much growing and reflecting mm-hmm. with her that i think you often hear of like when people are in couples counseling you assume that it's like you know, they're on the rocks or, like, something yeah. detrimental is going on. But I could also see it being really cathartic to, like, once a month go to a couple's counseling session. Why not? Just, like, even when you're, like, doing well and thriving in a relationship. I thought about that. Right after Josh and I got married, I tried to download this app that was, like, keep your relationship healthy. It ended up being something not great. But the idea was But the there. idea is right. Yeah, and it was, like, Josh's family is religious, and they have um, some friends who do marriage counseling, and we went over there for drinks. I think it was, like, when we were newly married or right before we got married. And we had this conversation. Granted, I was a couple margaritas deep. But everyone's, like, bringing up, like, what it's like to be in a long-term partnership, what is good, what's mm-hmm. bad. And I was just very open because of my personality. But now is Josh, that, I don't know. You, no, you didn't know that? You're very reserved, closed off. <laughs> I'm very private. 
But now it's funny is that like Josh's, some of Josh's family feel, I think they think that we have like marital problems because <laughs> I was like, oh, when we argue, we argue with this. And I'm like, it was a conversation a couple months ago where his sister was like, so how's your marriage doing? Are you guys okay? And I was like, yeah, we're fucking fine. We've been fine. But then Josh is like, because you said this stuff, they think that we're like mm-hmm. failing. That's also... You gotta, if you're gonna, like, be open in the way that we are, you just have to be willing to clarify when people ask. Yeah, but it's also, like, you would think that we'd be better because, as opposed to us, like, fighting in the shadows and, like, I don't know, shanking each other on the low, Mm -hmm. we were very open about being, like, yeah, we had an argument two days ago about some dumb shit, like, windshield wipers or something, and it's, like, we're fine now. Right. Because it doesn't matter because we love each other and we're okay. Yeah, agreed. So, we are in our late 20s. I've been married and divorced. You're on your second Third year? marriage. Third year of marriage? Second year of marriage, yeah. Second year of marriage. Um, when was your guys' anniversary? It just happened, right? Yeah, the 25th of February. Amazing. Congrats. Um, Thanks. But I would say when I, like, look around my friend group, I have, like, probably... 70% of my friends are either married, engaged, or moving towards marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, a handful that are not. Um, definitely our first, like, friends are starting to, like, be pregnant or considering having kids in the next yeah. year or so. Where are you on the spectrum right now? Um, I go back and forth. And, like, I... how do you make that decision of, like, when is, when, if and when is the right time to have kids? Whew, if only I knew. I think Josh is, like, staring intently into my eyes. <laughs> Um, it's a conversation we've had multiple times. I feel like I have both been ready and not ready every other month. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the best advice I got about it was one of my friends who had a baby probably a year ago. She was like, you're always going to find a reason not to do something, to push it back. And for me, I'm like, I find myself doing that. Where I'm like, well, I want to lose some weight before I get pregnant. Or I want to have more money saved before I get pregnant. Or I want to remodel our kitchen before we get pregnant. And it's like you still have time when you're pregnant to do things. And Mm -hmm. also it's like, there's never going to be a perfect time Mm -hmm. because it interrupts your life, Mm -hmm. but in a good way. I mean, as it is a new addition, I think what always freaked me out was the fact that I would lose my identity when I became a mom. Mm. I feel like you feel, as you see a lot of people on like Instagram. Parenthood is all encompassing. It would be hard to imagine that it, it would not, maybe not the core of who you are, but it will absolutely change the way you spend your time, how much of it you have for yourself. Yep. And how you view the world. And I think for me, it was like, it sounds so silly, but like, I would see these girls on Instagram who would be like, wife, mom, Jesus. And that was like everything they had. And then like some kind of scripture quotes from yeah, Psalms. Yeah, Psalms 92. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but like something like that, where it was like, that was... Too blessed to be stressed. 100%. I'm always stressed. <laughs> Hardly blessed. But like, it was like, Everything about their life was that. And it was like, for me, I was like, yeah. I don't want to be that person where I lose my relationship with I my think friends. That, I think the difference there is that, like, those are probably, there, I think there's women who have been like, someday when I'm a wife, someday when I'm a yeah. mom. And those are, like, the things that they want more than anything and aspire to. Not that that's a bad thing, but I think that is not necessarily the first thing that our, you know, hopes, dreams, and, like, yeah. self-worth are, like, pinned to. Shout out to 14-year-old Mike Leth. Never thought we'd get here. <laughs> but here we are. But it is a moment where it's, like, you have to kind of have some groundwork laid before you have a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't have to be necessarily, like, what everyone else tells you you have to have, which is, like, you don't necessarily have to have a huge nest egg or have a 
house that you own or have, you know, I don't know. I feel like the thing, like, older people who one would hopefully consider to be, like, wiser and know more than us always yeah. say you're never fully ready to have a kid. Yeah. I feel like a little bit of a parrot echoing that now, but I think that there's probably <laughs> truth in that. That was my parrot noise. I liked it. Thank you. It is true, though. It's like, everyone tells me that. Even, even people, like, who are, like, my age who have had kids are like, you're never ready. There's never a great time. You just have to do it or don't. It's like, shit or get off the pot, basically. Yeah. I was on that team where it's like... I know in general I want to be a parent someday. Mm-hmm. I adore the relationship that I have with my mom and I want to experience the opposite side yeah. of that with like a kid. But then there's also things where it's like I'm innately selfish and I worry about how having a kid would like impact that. Impact that for me like literally in any setting like my first thought will be how what do I want for me? What is best for me? Like I just can't help it almost where it's like I yeah. think of myself first but because you're your primary person right now but but I've done this my whole life so I can't say that it's specific but like, to right now think about like Luna <laughs> true and when Great you're with point. Luna you're not going to be like Luna's like going too close to the edge of the water you're not gonna be like huh that'd be an inconvenience for me if Luna fell in you're like is Luna okay like you're, is she thank you for saying that that's a nice reality check it is it's like that's what I think about with like the dogs and that's also god it's so dumb my mom is very fond of telling me that when I have kids, my dogs will take a back seat. And she's like, you'll for- not forget about your dogs, but she's like, they won't be as important to you. And that actually is something that holds me back is because I love my dogs so much <laughs> that I don't want them to take a back seat because I don't want to be like, I've raised you for five years and now you're nothing to me. <laughs> I don't but love like, you anymore. <laughs> I know. My, I'm sorry. I can't deal with you guys. And I don't want them to be my reality. And granted, I love dogs more than most people do, I feel like, because I'm... Mm-hmm. A psychopath, but I do. I don't want to make them feel ostracized <laughs> by me having a baby. I feel like you'll probably be able to work through that because I hope so. <laughs> because you do love them, and so you'll find a way to to strike that balance. Yeah, it's like I talk to them a lot, and I'm like, if we had another baby here, you guys, that would be a sibling for you. And so, okay. aren't you excited? Yeah, they're not. Do you ever find? Because I do that, like the prospect of not being able to have something like actually defines how you feel about it. Like with kids. So I thought, you know, I knew I wanted to be a parent, but I was definitely in no rush in my marriage. But then like the idea, you know, I'm not married and like parenthood is not on the table in the near future. Like that is the thing that kind of made me realize of like, Oh shit. Like this is something that I actually, this, this is something that I actually do want to do. Yeah. I haven't experienced that yet because like, like I said, like I met, Josh when I was 25, so it was, like, kind of beyond my recognition at uh-huh. that point. But I was always kind of on the fence. And the guy I was with beforehand was, like, he wasn't interested in it, so it wasn't a topic I hadn't considered. But I always think about, like, that, like, um, How I Met Your Mother episode where it sounds so dumb, but, like, she's told she can't have kids, so she starts wanting kids, even though she's never wanted them before. And they relate it to how she's allergic to lobster, and she never liked lobster before, but now all she wants to do is eat lobster. Uh-huh. And it's this idea that, like being told you can't have something makes you want it more. Right. And I feel like I am that way too. And it's like, I think that like you were saying about worrying about being selfish, I'm greedy and I just want everything (laughs) and I want all of it. So I want to be able to be a wife, a mom, have a career, have dogs, have a house, have my passion projects and do everything and travel Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. And it's like something is going to have to take a step back and I don't want it to. I identify with that in a very big way hearing you say it like that. It's, 
it's something that's going to be like, granted, it's like if I take a step back in one area, it'll be worth it in another. But I can't picture it because you don't have it. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's something, parenthood I think is something that is really hard to actually have a grasp on until you actually do it. Mm-hmm. But then once you do it, there's no coming back from that. Yeah. There's no returns. You can't take it back. It's yours. And it's, it's, this is your life now. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's very scary. But Josh and I haven't talked about our timeline and we're kind of on the path of maybe for season two of this podcast, I will be pregnant. <laughs> but it's like, it's something that like I'm on the precipice of and it, I am both teetering towards jumping off that cliff and pulling myself back. Mm-hmm. And I go both ways. As your friend and someone who's observed mm-hmm. you, I will say that, um, I am not competent. <laughs> That's not what I was going to say. You are not the kind of person who, like, censors or holds back. So Mm-mm. you're going to dive into this with both feet. And when you do, it'll be great. Yeah. Josh always makes a joke about, like, when we first started dating, how I held back so much because I wasn't sure I wanted to date him. And he equated it about put it, pushing a car up a hill. And then he got to the top of the hill. And all of a sudden I was like, yeah, let's date. And it was like the car took off down the other side of the hill. And he was, like, chasing, like, chasing it, like, trying to catch up. And that's how I feel about, like, my life in general. It's, like, I'm always, like, no, no, no. Okay, now, 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 now. <laughs> and it's, like, <laughs> I don't do well with, like, waiting. I'm an instant gratification person. Yeah. So I'm, like, if I can't, if I'm going to have a baby, I'm going to have a baby right now. Mm-hmm. And it's not how it works, unfortunately. No, that's not how that my works. My body's, like, nah, nah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's, like, our low-key, like, joke phrase in this podcast. Nah, bro. We've said nah, bro a few times A couple now. times, yeah. <laughs> and I like it. Um, cool. Thanks for sharing that with me. You're welcome. So how do you feel overall about relationships? Dating part two, long term. I feel like I'm over the fuck boys. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think I'm like hungry for a relationship immediately, but also like I'm in a place where as I'm dating and as like the right person like creeps up, yeah. I'm going to be ready to like see what happens and feel comfortable with that. I'm not afraid of, um love or partnership or commitment but i i am afraid of um labels like marriage and monogamy and exclusivity so that's some shit that i'm like working through yeah working through by walking through it yeah 2019 vibe right there Mm -hmm. so if you are trying for kids thinking about kids don't want them introducing people to your parents hit us up on instagram yeah let us know what you think we're available Get your life together, pod. Oh, shit. I already fucked that up. You did. You really need to memorize I it. Just, I made it. I don't know. What's wrong with me? It's get your life together underscore pod. Just ask Kate for all this On things. Instagram. I know nothing. But you know our hashtag. Go for it. Hashtag G-G-Y-L-T. There you go. Nailed it. Confidence. <sighs> Goodbye. you again what are you still doing here go listen to our next episode rate review like subscribe all of the above it's multiple choice